Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Thank you for coming and doing this. Like, uh, I don't know how hard this is for you, but you could tell us with your story. Okay. So you just want me to like, start at the beginning? Yeah, you go. <laughs> day I was born. Yeah. <laughs> we prefer from the day of birth until the day of present. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, my very first memory was actually, um, I was very young. And I had to talk to my sister about it. Um, apparently she had pushed me off the bed and I was just like a baby because she was actually getting assaulted by my mom's first husband. Hmm. So like abuse kind of like started at a very, very young age. Um, I'm the fourth born on my mom's side. She has five and I'm the sixth born on my dad's side. He has seven daughters. He has um, seven daughters. Yeah. My dad had seven daughters. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> He was hoping for a son, and I end up with six daughters hoping for a son. Really? So, well, we need more daughters, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a sign there, I think. Apparently. Yeah. And um, let's see. Um, my mom's part of 60 Scoop. Mm. Uh, my grandmother and great-grandmother all went to residential school. Mm. And my great-grandfather gave up his rights, so like my family owns land, so I was fortunate enough not to grow up on the reservation. Mm -hmm. So grew up in, went to school like an all, on a farm school, so all, you know, white people. And, but like I did have like a lot of cousins and uh, aunts and whatnot go to the same school. Mm -hmm. We were the only indigenous people in that school. And uh, my second daughter actually goes to the same school and she's actually going to be graduating from there next year. She's 16. Wow. Yeah. And is that your oldest daughter? No, that's my second oldest. Second oldest? My oldest is 18. Wow. I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and the twins are eight. I, I can't imagine. I can't. I can't. In my brain, it's like, I just don't think you're old enough to have all those kids, man. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, there's like no way you have an 18-year-old. Well, I got okay. pregnant with her on my 18th birthday. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm pregnant. So. Okay. And uh, let's see. Went to like summers or today um, uh, Bible studies hmm. and like stuff like that. When I was young, my mom was never really around. 
she was in her addiction. So like mm. she left us with uh, my chop on and another lady that I call mom who raised me since I was like five, six years old. Okay. And like, so we had like a lot of hard work on the farm. Like we grew very poor. Like we had no running water, no heat. So like having to like chop wood and like haul water and stuff like that. So I had to work very hard from a young age. Mm -hmm. And then one day my mom decides to take my older sister Candace and my younger brother and me and she moved us to Edmonton. And then like <clears throat> from then like she was always disappeared from for like weeks at a time. Or we were removed from her care and given to her late husband, my first stepdad. And uh, he would take care of us whenever my mom decided to, I don't know, before we would get put back in her care. Do what she needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. But it always ended up the same. We were always removed from her care. Mm. And that happened for a very long time. Um, shit, how old was I? Probably between seven and 13. It was always back and forth, back mm. and forth. And like during that time, like I was always picked in, picked on in school. And um, I never really <clears throat> could find myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, there would be times where like I would like wonder like why things are so different. And like, <clears throat> like, is she ever going to come home type of a thing? And then when she would, like, why there was, like, so much chaos in her life? Because there was always alcohol and always booze and around us. And, um, let's see. And, like, between that time, like, I, like, I did, like, stuff. Like, I went, did girl guides. Like, I went camping. Like, it wasn't all that bad. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until I was being sexually assaulted from his, his friend. And uh, I had told my mom, <clears throat> and she had like brought me to the cop station, made a statement. He was arrested and asked like what was going on, but he was released. So nothing was really done. So that kind of like made me believe like, you know, what's the point of trying to say something if nobody's going to believe me mm -hmm. type of a thing. And that continued for a little bit while longer until I made the choice to run away. Because, like, my mom only lived, like, a block, a block away. And me, and I grabbed my mm -hmm. brother and I was like, well, I'm leaving. You can come or you can stay. So he chose to come with me. And my mom was still drinking at the time. And then my older sister had already left from that situation to our mom's. And, um, like, she was still partying at the time. And then, um, and then what else had happened? Like, and then it was still chaotic. Mm. And, um, my mom had gotten to a fight with my uncle and my aunt. And I think she's seen, like, how it affected us. Because then she just decided to quit drinking. Mm. So it was good for a while. And then that's when my, my addiction like really kind of picked up. It was at 13 because I was already like kind of dabbling with weed even mm -hmm. before then. But then I started like running away, like drinking with like hanging around on 18 in Edmonton. 
and like hanging around in Abbott's Field, like in all like the bad areas of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And like I was hanging around with people who like were in that life. Mm-hmm. And like And you're thirteen? I was thirteen. Wow. And like <clears throat> I would take off for like weeks or months at a time. And like I was hanging around with these girls and like I didn't know what they were doing because they were like uh, prostituting. Mm-hmm. And I was like kind of wondering like, well, how did these girls get money? Mm-hmm. And I was hanging around with them. And I never really did anything. I was just kind of observing. But I was drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. I was smoking weed a lot. And like in school, like I always excelled like in anything. Mm-hmm. Like I loved sports. Mainly, I like math and like all, like I like to learn. But like after everything happened, I kind of just quit going to school. I barely graduated, like finished grade nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, because I didn't care. There's a lot care. of stuff going on though. Yeah. And then um, my mom met her current husband at a bar the one night she decides to go out. <clears throat> and... um I know he's been my stepdad ever since. Like, he is the person that I call dad. Mm. And, um, yeah, he's been in my life since I was, like, 14 years old. And, like, things with him, like, were pretty good, like, but, like, when he would go drinking, it was, like, when it got hectic Mm. and a little crazy. Um, I started raising my nephew when I was about 13, 14 years old. Okay. So... I kind of like felt like I needed to take on that role of like being the provider and like, cause I would stay home and take care of him and take care of the house and all that kind of stuff. But I always felt like I always had that role ever since I was little. Like I needed to clean, I needed to cook, I needed to do anything and everything that like that women role that they bestow upon us. Mm at like the home duties and such. Well, and you had to grow up pretty quick. Oh yeah, very yeah. quick. And like, that's how I've always been, I guess. Mm. Always had to be the caretaker. And um, after some time and like after I was like, cause I was actually put in a group home for a period of time. And then I ran away from there and went back home <laughs> cause I didn't like it. Mm. I was like, oh, I'll be better. Like, I'm sorry. And like, actually, <laughs> I actually jumped out the second story window to run away, broke the window, and I took off for like a couple weeks. And I came home back drunk, and I was trying to like squeeze through this little tiny window. <laughs> and my mom came and opened the door. She's like, what are you doing? It's like, I wasn't trying to wake you up. She's like, why didn't you just knock on the freaking door? Were you stuck halfway in? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I was like, like literally crawling up the stairs and I got like grounded, but it didn't last long. I ran away again. Yeah. Because I found out that we were moving from Edmonton. And like, I didn't really have like interest in boys either. Mm-hmm. And because like I always felt like boys never had an interest in me because like I like dressed in like baggy clothes, baggy mm-hmm. t shirts, like don't look at me type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, boys are stupid anyway. So kind of so That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like um I don't know like I never 
like the drinking settled a bit, but like I smoked a lot of weed. Mm. I smoked with my mom, I smoked with my sisters, like anybody who had it, I was hanging around with. And um, after we had left Edmonton, we moved to this little shithole place called Wembley outside of Grand Prairie. Okay. And there's like nothing around. So all I did was stay home and take care of my niece and my nephew because I ended up, um, my parents ended up taking my niece for my sister because she was unable to take care of her. Mm. So I was raising two kids that weren't mine until I was 16. But I built up a lot of resentment towards my parents. Mm. Like, well, I would have liked to finish school. I would have liked to have a life that was my own instead of taking care of my sister's responsibilities. Mm. And so, like, right the day I turned 16, I left with the kids. So my parents had to come get them, and I moved to the reservation. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> And then, like, after that, I found, like, my first baby daddy. And um, that relationship was extremely, extremely toxic from the very beginning. Because I didn't know that, like, the physical, the mental, and, like, the verbal abuse and everything was, like, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. So didn't matter, didn't matter how bad it got, um, I always went back. Like, if he cheated, I went back. If he did something or whatever, I always went back. And my mother could never understand why. And I couldn't understand why. Like, well, we're having a baby. And, you know, she needs her dad around because I never grew up with my biological dad. Mm -hmm. And I never understood why. Because he has a really, he had a really good relationship with all my other sisters. And I never understood, like, why can't I have that? Like, I have tried to engage in that mm -hmm. relationship, but it never worked out. And, um... Yeah, on the res, I stayed there till I was about, um, I want to say 19. So, yeah, stayed in, in and out of that relationship there for a very long time. Actually, started smoking crack when I was, like, 17. And that, like, just progressed. And that continued on for many, many, many years. Um, got pregnant on my 18th birthday. And then... We got into this huge fight to where my daughter actually got hurt <clears throat> and left that relationship again and then decided to go out one night and go drink and then I get pregnant on a one night stand with my second daughter. And then I was pregnant still in, and then I went back to that relationship while I was pregnant and he got sent to jail for whatever reasons. And, but if he probably wouldn't have gone to jail, I probably would probably have stayed in that relationship. Mm. So him getting sent to jail kind of, I don't know, gave me the freedom to like not go back, I guess. Mm -hmm. So here I am, 19, two babies, went back living with my parents, like, and using, <clears throat> and I never found that it was wrong. Because mm -hmm. I would smoke with my mom too, because she got, developed that habit too. And... Um, like all the crazy and chaotic in the home, I never found that it was wrong. Mm. And then <clears throat> some time went by and then I met my third baby daddy <laughs> and I was with him <laughs> off and on for 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, like to laugh, it's, it's cute, <laughs> my third baby daddy. <laughs> but like with that relationship, it kind of just 
happened, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of started seeing, uh, at the time, his partner's cousin. And we dated for a little while, but then, like, in two weeks into it, he's like, oh, I love you. I'm like, uh, that's a little bit too fast, so, like, we should probably, you know, part ways or whatever. But I was still drinking, hanging around in Grand Prairie. And then when I found out that him and that his late his partner at the time split up, we kind of hooked up. And then we started dating after immediately. And I moved in. He started being a stepdad to my two kids, which is great. Like, who does that? And he had, like, a really good job or whatever. He was, just, like, a really good person in general. Had great values. And, like, his parents, like, took me in. And, like, it was something that I never had before from, like, especially parents. Because my parents are very critical. Mm-hmm. They're very, uh, what's the word? Um, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was very confusing mm-hmm. to, be like, why are these random people being so nice to me and not expecting anything from me? Like, why aren't they saying anything bad? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, <clears throat> and then that relationship... Um, like, yeah, we started dating right away and whatnot, moved in, and then wasn't too long after, like, because I quit the habit, like, smoking crack for a little bit, Mm -hmm. and then I just picked up again. And then I was hiding it for him for, like, a short period of time. He knew something was wrong, but he didn't know what it was. But his friends picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, she hangs, she's here. She's hanging around in the room, but she doesn't want to answer the door. Mm-hmm. So I was too paranoid to do anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, like, that came out, and I had to tell him, like, what was going on. Yeah. And then he started doing it. And then, like, a couple of years later, I got pregnant. I stopped. And then right after she was born, I picked up again. Mm-hmm. By then, he was already into it, like, heavy. Yeah. And then uh, that just continued. Um, and then I think like the most, my mistrust of him happened when we went back to his hometown uh, to visit his mom and we had the baby. So we had three girls and um, <clears throat> we decided to go drink with his ex out of all people. And that didn't end well because like, you, you know when you know they're cheating and they're mm-hmm. doing something not right. Yeah. And I had um, confronted him about it. And he was like, no, no, no. I was like, well, you both just disappeared for no apparent reason. And I couldn't find either of you. So what's going on? And he denied it the whole time. So like I had hit him a bunch of times mm-hmm. before he had hit me. So, like, I don't blame him for, you know, hitting me. Sometimes these relationships get out of hand, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, that's when my mistrust from him just, like, went out the window. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted the relationship to work, but I could not trust him. And, like, the truth did come out. And then I ran away from him for a couple of weeks. And, um... Like, it was just, like, crazy, like, the things that he would say or do or whatever. Mm. But, like, I don't blame him. Like, I wasn't talking to anybody. I just, like, disappeared and, mm. like, had people worry. And um, <clears throat> when he came back and we got back together, 
Um, it just like escalated. The drugs got more consistent and um, the fights started escalating. And that just went on for like many, many years. We were together for, off and on for like 13 years. Mm. And then always end up getting pregnant, had a miscarriage, like in between, like always happened to be like two years apart. Mm -hmm. It's weird. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like just have a baby and one year, year later, I'm a pregnant again. Mm. It's like, it always felt like he wanted to get me pregnant to keep me at home. So I wouldn't go anywhere or whatever, but it didn't really stop me from doing whatever the hell I wanted to do. And um, we made this big decision to move to another province. So we moved to uh, Meadow Lake in, Sask in Saskatchewan. Okay. And I didn't even know I was pregnant with the twins at that time. Um, but like during my last two pregnancies, I was still using I mm -hmm. used throughout the entire pregnancies and how they managed to like not come with like any defects or anything like that mm -hmm. or learning disabilities is like a blessing because they mm -hmm. are very smart girls, like very smart girls. Right on. And um, yeah, because that doesn't happen all the time. I mean, not that they're not smart, but obviously there's. Yeah. There's inherent danger with drinking while pregnant and stuff like no, that. No, I didn't right? drink. I used crack. Oh. I was smoking crack. I'm yeah. sure there's inherent danger there, too. <laughs> right? I was, using, <laughs> I was using something at the time. Yeah. And I like... think there's inherent danger there, too, though. <laughs> right? But... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, I really thought, like, moving to, like, another city or whatever where I didn't know anybody mm. would prevent me from using, but, like... Where there's a will, there's a way, right? Mm -hmm. And it definitely did not stop me. Like, I was using in his mother's house while pregnant. Mm -hmm. While she was, like, at work or something or while she was sleeping, I was still using in her house, which is pretty fucked up. I owe her an amends for that. And, um, like, <clears throat> and then that, that just, like, continued until... Um, like after the twins were born, um, about a, not even a month after they were born, I actually left their dad. Mm. Like there was this one time he came back and I had asked him, well, can you go get me like some bottles or something? And he like, he just like got up and left the room and went and slept somewhere else. I'm like, well, I can see where this is going. Mm. So if I'm going to raise these five kids by myself, I might as well go do it somewhere else. So I made the choice to leave him. And I got, managed to get my own place. Things were doing good. Like I actually quit. Mm -hmm. I was going to school. Like the twins were in daycare. The other girls were in school. His mom would help me. Cause I had the girls, like they were taking gymnastics, ballet, swimming lessons, and like all these extra activities. And his mom would help me. And then he would take them whenever he chose, right? Which was, I was fine. It was like, you know, whenever you want to come see them, you, you can come see them. But you have to take them somewhere else. Like, you can't stay here. Mm. So I actually was building up some boundaries. And then, like, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I was just, like, jealous. Or I didn't want to see him with other people. Because, like, when you start dating somebody else, I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 but I did a very, very shady thing. Like, when he was dating this girl... I slept with him, recorded it, and I sent the video to her. Yeah. Ladine. 
And I'm like, oh, I was like, really? Did I just do that? Yeah, I did that. Oh, it was a Very vindictive, like, oh, oh I was so evil. I very can, sneaky. I can, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't know I was recording because, you know, he was trying to hide it from her. I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I ended up getting back into that relationship. And then... More will be revealed. That's all you yeah, got to tell him. Yeah. More will be revealed. That's for not. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know like one night I decided to like go out <clears throat> and like I was doing really good mm-hmm. and then yeah I decided to get this really good idea I was like yeah I'm gonna go check out this dance I decided to drink because I'm not much of a drinker but I will definitely use right mm-hmm. and I met this individual and at the time I didn't know that he was like using like hydromorphine he was injecting it mm-hmm. But for some reason, I kept pursuing that. And it wasn't until, like, the first time he had shot me up, and I was like, holy fuck. Mm. This is, like, what I was looking for. That instant gratification of, like, I don't have to feel anything, Mm. and I can do as much as I want and not, like, feel tired. Mm. And um, that was, like, in 2015, probably in like mid 2015. Mm -hmm. And after that, like I would use it like once in a while, still being able to, you know, keep my home life well, and still able to go to school and Mm -hmm. do the things I needed to do until I couldn't, until I was like, I need to use like as soon as I wake up to carry me through the day, Mm -hmm. through the point where I was like, I end up dropping out of school end up <clears throat> I end up just like slowly like start selling my stuff and like doing the whole you know backwards thing I guess and then that's when I decided to get back with my baby daddy and um then I shot him up because mm-hmm. he was like what are you doing I was like, well I'm doing this because I couldn't hide it from him and then we started using that together and then we started smoking crack again together Mm -hmm. and then like the fights got so much worse Mm -hmm. like the things that my children have seen like the abuse that they witnessed from me and him Mm -hmm. are like far worse than like what i had had seen my mom gone through Mm -hmm. and like i always told myself well i'm not going to end up like that and like I end up just like my mother Mm. and um, things just slowly got worse and worse. But like I was so dependent on him to give me money so I can keep up my habit that it wasn't enough for me to to leave him again. Mm. So what do we do? We move to another city again Mm -hmm. and um, like, yeah, we're going to quit. Things are going to be different. They did not fucking get different. (laughs) It's a brand new start. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, the thought was always there. But, like, there was no intention. Because, like, Mm. even the day that we moved, I had to pick up stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, knowing that I would go through the withdrawal 
wasn't enough. Like, yeah, I'm going to be sick, but I'll end up finding a way to get more. Mm. And, um, yeah, like it just continued in a different city. And that went on for a while <clears throat> until like one day CA CFS was called on us. He actually was out scaffolding, so he was never home. And I was like at home doing, you know, the mother things. And then like, yeah, CFS uh, was called to for the point where actually his dad had to come move in to the home and kind of keep eye on me. But like, uh, it didn't stop me. Hmm. I was still using when he would be like sitting upstairs and I would be using downstairs and I'd make everything look like everything was fine. Mm -hmm. But I think he was so naive to believe that I was doing better that he didn't want to see it. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, that continued on for a little bit while. And then like, I don't know, I was not being, you know, the most faithfulest person in the world. Like I was pursuing other people and that's how actually how I met my late husband. Mm. He, we started talking and I found out actually he was in the program. And, um, after some time I was like, okay, well, bye, I'm leaving you again. Mm. And like went to a shelter with all five kids, left him. <clears throat> was starting that transition thing and like I started going to the rooms mm. like I was going to AA I was going to NA and but first I'd be like I'm not a fucking addict mm. but I knew I was an addict I was in that denial part I guess like I would go and be like yeah I'm just here for support mm. not like you guys sorry that's fair <laughs> that's why I still go yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be, I just want right. to go just so I can support others. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that for like a good three months, mm. like sitting there, like and listening, right? And still like going through the transition thing in the, <clears throat> in the women's shelter. Until like one day I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm an addict. And then, like, <clears throat> I was hanging around, but I wasn't doing the work. Like, I didn't get a sponsor. I was doing the 90 meetings in 90 days. I didn't know anything about the step work. I was doing, like, lip service. And, like, I did go to one treatment center prior to the my last one. And it was, like, a 25-day program or something like that. Okay. Finished that. My parents were all happy. My mom got me a vehicle end up losing it <laughs> and um <clears throat> but like at that time it was really good for that short period of time mm. and like probably like the one of the my best memories of my late husband was uh my their dad had the twins in Saskatoon and I was just like finished the program I was like yeah I want to come pick him up and he's like no I'm not giving them back and like he found someone to watch the two girls, the three girls. And um, we, we drove from Cold Lake to Saskatoon off of a pitcher to find the girls. Like we went through the cops. We tried to do, you know, the responsible thing and go the legal way. And, but we couldn't get any help. So like by the end of the day, I had actually found them. 
in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And I was, by that evening, I was driving back home with my girls. And that was, like, probably, like, the best memory. Like, the feeling, mm-hmm. I was, like, I was, like, hopeless. of like, yeah, we're not going to freaking find them in Saskatoon mm-hmm. off of this picture. But, like, he had faith. And he, like, no, we're going to find them. We're like, we're not going to leave here until we do. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much faith that he had. And, um... <clears throat> And then, like, yeah, I had all my girls again. Life was going okay. And then my brother died. Uh, he got murdered. And um, I'm sorry, Ladine. Yeah. I'm like, the shitty thing about that was, like, I only met him... My brother, my older brother, when I was, like, when the twins were just, like, a few months old. Mm. And that was, like, in 20, at the beginning of 2015. And, um, like, I knew I had a brother, but I never, ever got to really meet him. Mm. So, like, always having that, like, oh, like, that big brother, little sister relationship. Like, I always wanted that. And I mm-hmm. thought like I had it, and then, and then you know it just got taken away. But like the time that I got to spend with him, it was like, it was great because like my my daughters got to meet their uncle. Mm-hmm. Like they tried calling him dad. I'm like, that's not your dad. That's your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> like yeah, I know you see him around all the time because he was living with us. Mm-hmm. Like no, that's not your dad, and um. <laughs> But it was good. Mm-hmm. But he was in his addiction. Yeah. Like all my siblings have their addictions, right? And um, after he had passed away, like right after the services, I went out. I got drunk. I used. I gambled. I tried mm-hmm. seeking, you know, attention from the other, uh, the opposite sex. Like I tried all these things to get out of myself, mm-hmm. and um, none of it worked. So I went back to what I knew. So I started injecting again. And um, that was like as soon as like my mom, because the funeral wasn't back home because I'm from Sturgeon Lake. Mm -hmm. So by the time my mom chose to drop us off back, it was like a six hour drive or something. I was already planning and already had someone waiting at my house for like with stuff for me. Mm -hmm. And like as soon as my mom left, she like pulled up. And I was already using by the time, even before my mom was gone. Mm-hmm. And then I just, like, continued. I was trying to hide it. Like, I didn't tell my late husband at the time that I was using again. And um, next thing you know, I'm shooting him up. Mm-hmm. And then he started back into his addiction, so he relapsed. And, like, I do feel responsible for that. Like... Mm-hmm that part of him, like, he was sober, like, you know, what if he never met me? Then he probably would have never really left, like, you know, that guilt. I understand where the thoughts come from, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not your fault, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then after um, I started getting back into it, my girls, I don't know, they, they got the idea to move because we have, I was buying a place. Mm-hmm. And they, so I had to switch schools and then they were like, oh, well, let's go walk back to like, you know, the shelter 
So they wandered off. So I got CFS call, called on me again. And then my girls were apprehended and they were given to their dad. And like, I definitely held some resentments towards them for that. Um, but now I don't because like things now that I see it, like if I would have kept my daughters and continued using, like their life could have got so much worse mm -hmm. with me instead of like being in the place where they're at right now with their dad. Right. Um, but I didn't see that at the time. I was very, very angry. Um, so the four were apprehended, but I still had my oldest mm -hmm. and then I just like went off the deep end and like, well, what's the point of like all my hard effort? Like, like it was a bad thing, like, but it wasn't a bad thing. But at that time I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And, um, my using got escalated to where I was like borrowing money and then like scamming the government for kids I didn't have, but I was collecting their child tax at the time. And like just doing like all these the stupid shit. Mm. And then my partner at the time, his name was Aaron. He was already in the addiction with me. And like he, we always would get into fights mm. about something, whatever it was. And like there were times where he actually tried to commit suicide and like he would end up in the hospital a few times mm. and I'd be by his side, but then I would leave to go use and... It just, like, it just went sideways very fast. And then, um, end up moving to Edmonton for some reason, because we got into this big fight and I left him, but I was always go back to go get him and then bring him back to Edmonton. And, um, and then next thing you know, it was like, I was too scared to, at the time to use heroin. <clears throat> um, but like the pills were too expensive. <clears throat> so I couldn't like keep up so I was like okay hey, well let's try it and then next thing you know I'm shooting up heroin mm -hmm. and then like I end up being homeless with my then she was 15 my daughter my old daughter was 15 <clears throat> by the time I was, I was homeless and we were both living on the streets mm -hmm. using and um that just continued for shit till 20 August the 20, no, June, July, July of 2021. Mm -hmm. So that was like, what, three years or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't yeah. know math. <laughs> Me neither. It's close enough. <laughs> three years is fine. <laughs> when did COVID start? <laughs> 2020, yeah. 2020 no, was so a lockdown. Yeah. yeah, Like so yeah, right before COVID happened, I was mm -hmm. already homeless. And then like, so we're, we're just like wandering around Edmonton, uh, going from like shelter to shelter or staying camps mm. or tents or wherever. And like in there in like in that time, I didn't see that me enabling my daughter was wrong. Mm -hmm. Me using with my daughter was wrong. Mm -hmm. Like anything, like I had no care in the world, not even for myself. Like I crossed lines that I said I would never cross. I would mm. do things that I said I would never do. And I did it all. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and if we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yet. That's right. Yeah, title two. <laughs> yeah. And like, and it didn't help that like, 
the government was giving like $2,000 every two weeks because I claimed that too mm -hmm. the whole time. So I owe a lot of money back mm -hmm. to the government. And um, like it just like kept me in my addiction. Mm -hmm. And like me not eating, not like drinking anything a whole lot. And like me getting to the point where I really didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. It's like, oh, if mm -hmm. I don't look at myself, like there's no problem. Like, don't tell me there's a problem. And um, I would, like, even when I would do borrow money from my mom, like, yeah, I want to go get help. I was no intention of getting mm -hmm. any kind of help whatsoever. I was just telling her what she wanted to hear so I can get what I needed. And um, I did that for a very long time. And then uh, my biological dad had actually had, like, this massive heart attack. Mm -hmm. And... Me and my sister sued the hospital, so we got, like, this big settlement, and that all went to drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that didn't help either. And, um... It's a lot of pain, though. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, like, when it's he died, I didn't feel... I wasn't sad about it. I just mean in general. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sad about it. I mean, I mean in general, there's a lot of pain there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And I do. That's one of those things I think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, with, like, after he passed away, like, I didn't, like, yeah, like I said, I didn't feel anything because, like, I never had that connection with him. And I, like, when I think about it, I really believe that he didn't think that I was his daughter mm. at, like, during that time that he was alive, right? And, um, because uh, I know that, like, it was very hard for him because, like, the youngest, my sister Delia, she had passed away in 2009. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, like, he took that very hard. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, I always felt like, well, maybe he doesn't want to hang around with me because I we looked so much alike, mm -hmm. me and Delia. I actually named one of my daughters after her. Oh, so I was pregnant with her at the time. Yeah. And um, I was like, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to talk to me type mm -hmm. of a thing. But, like, there there could be anything. It's not like I really ever got that chance to talk to him about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, like, that just continued my addiction. And then uh, me and my late partner were always back and forth. Like, I would get upset about something, whatever, mm -hmm. and then I'd tell him to fuck off. And he would... And then I'd go looking for him, like, I'm sorry. The nerve, eh? <laughs> I know. Like, go fuck yourself, okay? I'm out of here. <laughs> right? Get back here. I didn't fucking mean it. Yes, that's, that's exactly how it went every goddamn time. <laughs> and then it wasn't until, like, um, like, we were split up for a while. And I couldn't, like, I didn't know where the hell he was. Mm. I had all this money. But when he came around, you know, I gave him whatever he wanted to try and keep him around. So I would manipulate him to staying until I freaked out again. <clears throat> and then it wasn't until about a week later, I listened to this voicemail of the cops telling me that they found his body. Mm. And they wanted me to identify it. But, like, I wasn't answering the phone. Like, why would mm. I want to talk to anybody? And um, I had called some people who knew him and confirmed that, like, yeah, he had passed away. He uh, died of an overdose, mm -hmm. and they found him wherever they found him. 
And mm. then, like, after that, like, I just, like, lost it to the point where I was like, well, you know, what's the point of, mm. like, hanging around Edmonton anymore? So I was, like, purposely trying to overdose. I was, like, using very, very large amounts, but I think my body was so used to the large amounts that, like, I think I used to actually sobered myself up. However, that, like, I'm, like... I don't know how it works. anymore, but, yeah. like, I'm, like, just let me die already. Like, I don't know the science behind it, but I know <laughs> the feeling behind it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, nothing that I, like, tried to do mm -hmm. worked. And, um... Like, even in, like, situations I put myself in, like, this one time, like, something was telling me to leave. I'm like, why would I want to leave? And, like, not even five minutes later, we're, like, getting, like, raided. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that's why. And, like, I got, like... Yeah, getting raided is less desirable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I think it's, like, a home invasion. Like, I yeah. got, like... It's a home invasion by the police. <laughs> no, it wasn't by the police. <laughs> oh, it wasn't the police. No. Okay, so it was, okay. Gang so it was a whatever. gang thing. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay. And Not like, as scary as the police, though, because yeah. when they come, you just never <laughs> yeah. know where you're going to end up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like, during that time, like, when I was being, you know, detained, mm -hmm. um, all they could think about was, like, when are they going to leave? Like, I need to use, like, mm -hmm. I need to get high. Like, I'm starting to withdraw. And, like, those were, like, my insane thoughts. Like, when can I use? Mm -hmm. How much can I use? Yeah. And like that just went on for a very long time. Yeah, that shit becomes a master. Yeah. yeah. And um and then I don't know, it was just like I got so like tired of it. I was like, well God, like just let just like fucking just let me die already. Mm. Like I don't wanna do this anymore. And I did reach out to my mom and I told her it's like, Well, can you come get us? Like, can you come get us? Like, I, I need to leave. And it wasn't until about a week later when she decided to come. But she didn't tell me that she was coming. She kind of snuck up on me. And she's like, well, I'm in Edmonton. Where the hell are you? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that she was taking us, like, out. And I told her, like, whatever. And she's like, well, let's go. <clears throat> and, like, even during that time, I was like, well, I need to get more stuff before we leave. I need to make sure I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> so, like, whatever I had is what I had. Mm -hmm. I need more party favors, damn <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Because <laughs> I knew where we were going, and mm. there's nothing around because it's nothing but bush. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 That's right. Just what's important. Yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> and, like, when I left, all I had was, like, a couple of bags. And, um... Actually, my daughter was trying to stay, but, like, you know, we had to track her down. I had to make sure I had to get her out of there, too. And then, like, my mom took us home. And then, like, she would pull over so I could use. Like, mm -hmm. I need, like, can you pull over, please? And she was very accommodating. And, but, yeah, I could see, like, it, it broke her. Mm -hmm. Like, having to see me in that state. Wow. Because yeah. I was, like, maybe 90 pounds soaking wet. Mm. And, like, I was literally, like, skin and bone. You can see, like, every, like, feature of my skeleton. Mm -hmm. And I still didn't see a problem with it. Yeah. And then, like, <clears throat> I don't know, after, like, 
I was going through the withdrawals and like just honestly just wanting to die. Um, I eventually go, went into detox mm-hmm. and then I got COVID at the same time. So it didn't make anything better. So I was like, really like, just, just let me die. Yeah, no doubt. I was like, I'm like, just like sugar on like right yeah. on there. On top of everything, I got fucking COVID too. <laughs> yeah. So I was like isolated in this room and I couldn't even smoke. And I was like, this is like, like, no, I don't want to do this. But like, I ended up staying in there for about three days. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going isolating somewhere else. And then I ended up going back home for a little bit longer. So my last day was Ju- August 30th of 2021. <clears throat> and then I stayed home for a little while end up like babysitting for my sister doing whatever I could to <clears throat> distract myself because mm-hmm. I know if I really wanted to I could find and um actually got my daughter into um a 12-step program in blood tribe for mm-hmm. the youth so she ended up going and then like a week later I got into sunrise right. and then that kind of like started my journey my parents dropped me off and it was like, I'm really glad I've never really been to Calgary before. Mm-hmm. So I can't like have like horror stories like, oh, I used over there. or I know this person. Yeah. I knew nobody, <laughs> like nobody. <laughs> so it was a good thing. And um, there was always like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to finish the program and I'm going to go back home. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn out that way, obviously, because I'm still here. Yeah. So <laughs> lucky like, us. Yeah. Those of us who get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I did pretty good in the program. I did, like, meet, you know, some pretty cool humans at the time. And um, finished. And, like, as soon as, like, I got out of treatment, I found a sponsor right away and started redoing my steps. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, well, this is, like, you know, showing me the way, like, to the door. And it's, like, up to me to walk through it. Mm And so, like, I started doing the steps, but, like, I didn't really see much change in my behavior because I was still kind of doing the same shitty things, Mm -hmm. but just somewhere else. And I didn't feel like I was being called out on my bullshit Mm -hmm. because I kind of felt like I was being co-signed at the time with the people, especially the people I was hanging around with Mm because I had opportunities to use, but it was a good thing I didn't. I would like reach out well this is going mm-hmm. on whatever blah 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 and I would go from like one sh- sh- shitty situation to another and to another and that went on for a little while <clears throat> and then um I ended up moving my daughter down I ended up moving into this residence who like the people that lived upstairs were actually people I had met in the program okay and then I don't know. A lot of shit happened in that in that home. Mm-hmm. And um let's see. And then like yeah, I was just kind of like floating, I guess. I was just kind of like mm-hmm. staying under the radar to where I'm not crazy enough for people to notice. And um you know, I can still smile through my pain mm-hmm. and have everybody believe that I'm okay. And, um, about like 10 months into my program, I ended up getting into this relationship with this individual who lived upstairs 
And, like, I didn't really see that there was, like, a problem with me defending his behavior. Because mm-hmm. my daughter's like, do you really want to date somebody like that? I'm like, oh, he's just going through a rough time. Like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. Like, you're not an adult. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know she, nothing. She <laughs> don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and, like, even in that, like, I didn't see it was a problem. Like, I didn't know it was, like, a really bad behavior mm. of mine that I was still doing in recovery Mm -hmm. and um yeah it wasn't until like a few months down the road when i met my current sponsor Mm -hmm. and she and then like she started work with me but it did take me some time to start trusting her because she knew this individual too because i got connected through her by his defects so Mm -hmm. like however that worked out like it worked out the way it was supposed to right And then, like, I started noticing behaviors. I started speaking but not being heard mm-hmm. about certain situations. And um, it got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, no, there's no changed behavior, so, like, I'm going to move out type of a mm-hmm. thing. And um, even in that time, my daughter was relapsing. <clears throat> And I had to set up some very, very, very uh, hard boundaries with her. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst part of it was when I had to Narcan her in her room. And like... That always, must have been awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like so angry and so mm-hmm. just like wanting her to get the program and just like, please, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, I don't want to like bury you. Yeah. And, like, I can't love you to death type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't sit here and watch you kill yourself. And having to ask her to leave was probably, like, the hardest thing I've ever done as an adult. Yeah. In, like, not much of an adult, but, you know, I'm learning. And um... You're as much of, if not more, of an adult <laughs> than this guy. So, yeah. <laughs> totally. But, like, holy crap, like, the thing 100%. I'm like, oh, my God. Dar- Darcy's quite quiet over there because he knows. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Darcy's like, everybody's more mature than Dave. Yeah. I never say that. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> and then like <clears throat> and then like, oh, I don't know, it's just like having to set that boundary with her and then like mm. things were just like not getting better in that home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, there were times where, like, yeah, I just want to, like, give up on life still. Yeah. Like, is this what recovery is? And, like, I was at that hopeless state of mind, like, okay, I want to use now. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, commit suicide now. Like, if this is what it is, then, like, I don't want to be around. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, luckily my sponsor knew me well enough to um, give me her opinions and um, they were very strong opinions, and like, like occasionally she, she, they get the point across. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and, like, and sometimes, like, she scares me, mm-hmm. but she scares me in a good way. That's to fair. Where I can see where I start, where mm-hmm. I can um, be able to take it not so offensively, like, oh, you hurt my feelings, like, oh mm-hmm. my god, I don't like you anymore. 
it's not like that. It got me to the point where I'm like, okay, I can see it now. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't like, and then like in that situation, I was actually uh, sexually assaulted by this individual mm-hmm. to at that time when it had happened, I still didn't like acknowledge it, I guess, until like a couple weeks later. Fucking trauma, man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because of that situation that had happened, it actually um, brought back all the flashbacks Mm -hmm. from like my childhood. And that's when my my mom's first husband comes into place. Mm -hmm. He was actually grooming me throughout my entire, my however, how long he had me, right? Mm -hmm. And like that brought up a lot. Like, a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy crap. But, like, if that incident hadn't happened, then who knows when those would have ever come back. Mm-hmm. And um, so I ended up, like, I ended up in, you know, a shelter, again, in recovery. And um, feeling, like, completely, like, broken mm-hmm. again. And um, <clears throat> uh, it wasn't like got. <clears throat> about two weeks after it had happened, then I told my sponsor what had happened. And because I felt like oh, I need to tell her, like, mm-hmm. what, like, what's going on in my head right now. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> right? Usually, when something's going on, it's usually good to tell your sponsor or tell somebody. And I had told her, and she's like, yeah, you were raped. I'm like, mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I started like the process of the whole legal thing and getting outside help and um and like you know that's I that's when my healing journey kind of started. I'm so sorry, Lydia. Thank you. Yeah, nobody should have to go through it. Right? Not not as kids and not definitely at no Just point. Just humans in, time. in yeah. general. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Right. We have a culture for it too, and it's fucked up, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. And um, and like even the, like the shitty part about it, like the people that I had trusted at the time, I had told them like what had happened, mm-hmm. and like the fact that they're still hanging around with this individual, it's kind of like a slap in the face. Like you say, you know, you defend women, mm-hmm. and you stand by you know, to protect women. And yet you guys have this individual who harms women and you guys are standing with him, right? Mm. And um, that's like made me feel very abandoned too. Yeah, I bet. Like, that's how you find out the people who who actually have my mean back. what they say. Right? Yeah, in So general. like I've been learning a lot in the past few months, as hard as it may be. That's a real shitty way to have to learn, but yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're learning because... Otherwise, I'd, I'd yeah. still be there. Well, you, be- you belong healthy and however that looks to you, right? Mm-hmm. That, that You deserve that. Each of us should be able to find that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and true. fuck those who would take it take it away. But anyway, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, um, have, like having to come to a realization, like, you know, these people really don't have my best interests at heart, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so having to find people who 
having to find new people now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like starting from scratch again after, cause I, I still don't like people like you. Yeah. <laughs> Present <don't>. company <laughs> sort of excluded, but. Yeah, <laughs> like I can, like, I can be around people for like short spurts of mm-hmm. time. And it's only a selected few that, you know, like I can I, have relationships right now. And with. that makes sense. And um, you have no reason to trust anybody. No. Right? So right. that, like, it's, it's a really hard. It's a selected few right now. Yeah, no doubt. And, Good on um, you, though. And yeah, like, that's kind of what's been going on the past few months mm-hmm. right now. And like, my daughter's doing well, as far Is as she? I know. Yeah. Right on. I was just going to ask. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's doing well when she, you know, chooses to speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, I still don't blame her for her being resentful towards me because I, I've done a lot of horrible things to her, or around yeah, her, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I'm also a grandma. <clears throat> I... Fuck, man, that blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is that fucking possible, man? Yeah, he's going to be two next month. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah, and... Uh, As a boy? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Very, very, very proud when I found out I had a grandson. Yeah. And um, that's so cool, yeah. Hard to believe, yeah. Ladine, looking at you, but like it's pretty cool, yeah. And uh, one of the amazing things that because of me staying in my recovery, that I'm I've been given the option to have him in my life, mm-hmm. like, yes, he's in foster care, mm-hmm. he is actually in, a, in an indigenous home, right on. And um, I'm like giving the opportunity to visit him whenever the time comes, mm-hmm. to have video calls with him, to build that relationship with him, mm-hmm. so he knows who I am, right? Yeah. And that was probably that was one of the things I had prayed for when I first started my journey was like to have him in my life, however it may turn out, mm-hmm. but to have that connection with him, to know who his family is, right? Yeah. And yeah, that was like one of the blessings that I was given like just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, <clears throat> I'm slowly building up my relationship with my other daughters that live in a different province. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to take a lot of time, I know. For sure. Because that's, like, over four years that I haven't been in their mm-hmm. life, right? And, um, yeah, I was, like, I was talking to my sponsor yesterday. Or was it this morning? Oh, no, I talk to her every day. Mm. <laughs> And, um, Did you blend together when that happened? Yeah. <laughs> and she's telling me, because, like, I did have a moment yesterday, because I seen this individual, and, like, my anxiety just, like, went, like, right through the roof, and, like, I was reading the preamble, and I can barely get the words out, mm-hmm. but I was sitting next to an old-timer who I'm, like, starting to build a relationship with, and he's, like, <clears throat> just, like, kind of walking me through it and kind of directed my my attention to this newcomer who just happened to sit right beside me Mm. and she had less than 24 hours and um so like i had to uh, change my mindset and focus myself focus my attention on this lady Mm -hmm. who's comforting me while she's crying at the same time and it was just like at that moment it helped Right mm-hmm. to always remember like where I came from, mm-hmm. that I was just like this this lady, at one point in my life coming into a room not knowing anybody, feeling lost and afraid, and like f- 
feeling like are these people going to judge me? Mm-hmm. And like being able to watch her like get emotional from these people who were taking, you know, milestones. Yeah. And actually like getting switch numbers and actually got her a big book and mm-hmm. like helped her that way like how somebody helped me. Yeah. And it was like a very good moment. <laughs> and it helped me get about. out of self, right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. And um and then like I talked like told my sponsor what had happened and she's like, you know, you really need to honor like where where you're at right now. Mm. Like the things that you've gone through and how God had removed you from all these situations and brought you to a place today. Like you could still be there, but mm-hmm. you're not. Like God removed you from all this and brought you and you're like she's like, you're one of the very few to get mm-hmm. out of that stuff still sober and still working your program. Like Mm -hmm. some days I don't want to get out of bed at like 6.30 in the morning, go travel an hour to go to an eight o'clock meeting on Mm -hmm. a Saturday. I want to sleep in, but I do it. Mm -hmm. I do the things that I don't want to do, the things that make me uncomfortable, like talking in a room Mm -hmm. or talking to a newcomer, reading or like any of those things that make me uncomfortable. But I know that I'm growing when I'm doing it. Because mm-hmm. if I stay in a place where that's so comfortable, then what's the, I'm going to get like stagnant. Mm-hmm. I think that's the word. Yeah, we can't grow without it. No, we can't very, grow without other people's light. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. So like, yeah, that's like some of the things that I'm learning, like learning healthy boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were before. I thought you could do all this shitty stuff and it was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I hence, still think like that. <laughs> hence, no need for boundaries. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> no need for boundaries when it's okay. Right? And then I wonder, like, why am I getting so angry at this person? <laughs> Cross my own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is, like, it is hard some days. Some days I feel very lonely. Yeah. And, like, and then I would, like, get, like, this good idea. Like, what if I just text somebody that I used to know and, like, mm-hmm. But, like, I know that doing that, I'll just be taking a step backwards. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to look in the rearview mirror once in a while, but looking forward is, like, where I want to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it's just, like, it's been quite a journey in the it past few been. months, right? Yeah. I would suggest it's been quite a journey for the past few years, but yeah. that's an outside <laughs> perspective. I just happened to notice there might have been more of a journey than... Yeah, there's, the, there's definitely a lot wow. more in there, but like... Yeah, Ladine, thank you so much. Like, unbelievable. Your grandmother, my ass, my ass. That's so amazing. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Like, I, I just it feel, felt like it was over, but... I don't know, not really. Yeah? That's pretty much it. Fucking right on. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you so much, eh? Like, I know that your story will help. Uh, he keeps going to turn it off, and I keep talking. <laughs> He's like, huh? Huh? I just know your story is going to help people, right? Like, it, yeah. these stories do. Like, Chelsea's, Peter's, like, they just do, right? right. Like, and uh, thank you. I, I can't imagine it was easy. I just did it again. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't do that on purpose, though. I just meant to say I can't imagine it was, it's been easy at any point in time, right? Because so much loss, so much grief, you know, um, so much heartache 
Like, oh, yeah, there's, like, more loss in there, but yeah. like, I didn't want to bring them all up. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I'm sure that was that was done by your brain on purpose to keep yeah. it at that level, right, which is perfectly fine um, because it just it puts a point on how how a culture of abuse and neglect and all those things can really bring about addiction, right? And that you being able to connect with your grandson and start this new thing, right, for your family. Like, and that's pretty powerful shit, right? Like, it's pretty powerful, especially, you know, like, at the beginning, you started off by talking about your mom and your grandmother and your grandfather, right? Like, going to residential schools and stuff. Like, this, this is so important, right? Because you have all those amazing women in your family, yeah. right? And eventually, they're going to start giving out boys. <laughs> and we all know how dumb boys are, right? So we need. <laughs> so anyway, thank right? you so much. Yeah, and, yeah. and good luck, eh? Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs>